Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem was troubled with him. And he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. It's, it's, maybe it's minor irony, but it's, I I think it's kind of fun uh, that, that Luke, I know we're in Matthew, but Luke, a Gentile uh, disciple, follower of Christ, who's writing to Gentiles, he recorded the angels uh, telling the shepherds that Jesus was born. So in other words, the Gentile reports that that these Jewish shepherds are the first to know about Jesus being born. Matthew, on the other hand, a a Jew, one of the the 12 uh, apostles, 12 main disciples of Jesus, writing to Jews, reports that that, that Gentiles are the first to come and, and, and see uh, the, the baby. He's, he's not necessarily saying the first, but that, that the, the ones, the account that, that Matthew gives us is of Gentiles coming. It, it just seems a, a, a little ironic. They're both writing to, to their uh, at least original perspective audiences and, and proclaiming that this Jesus of Nazareth who had been born in Bethlehem has come for the whole world. It, it's sort of a, a, we talked about this, I'm not sure, in Daniel, maybe, maybe before Daniel, but one of those peripeteas, remember? A peripeteia, what Aristotle had discovered as far as in, 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 in comedy and tragedy and the writing, where you have this, this great reversal. And this is the peripatia of all times, the great reversal. God is stepping in and reversing everything that has happened in history. Not by, not by t- sending a person, but by God himself being 
incarnated and coming and, and living among, among men and, and women and then dying. It's, it's, it's a total reversal of, of, of history and, and, and the things that have been going on. So we have here Matthew, after he's given us the genealogy of Jesus that, that, that was different this is going to be different. We, we, I think we learned that in, in the first uh, 17 verses that, that, that Matthew, given this genealogy of the king of kings, he includes five women. He, three of, at least three of them were Gentiles in the genealogy of the Messiah, the, the king that was promised, the king to come, the, the son of David. And then, then we, we saw last week how God not only knew Matthew, uh, Joseph's thoughts of what he was going to do with, with, uh, to Mary after she's found to be with child, but that God intercedes. God gives Matthew a dream and said, you know, this angel and says, don't be afraid to take her as your wife. That, that God is involved in, in, in the very lives of, of these people. And, and if he were 2,000 years ago, he still speaks to us today through his word uh, in, in, in answered prayers. So Matthew kind of jumps ahead. We'll, we'll learn more of, of how do we know that he jumps ahead probably next week after we get into to Herod's ultimate uh, reaction to to the the baby that's that's born, but he but he says now after Jesus is born in Bethlehem in the days of Herod the king, who was Herod the king? I thought Rome was in charge, and and, and that it would have been uh, Caesar Augustus was, was the emperor. Well, that's right. Augustus was the emperor of the whole Roman Empire, but this this Herod known now as Herod the Great is the king of of Palestine and Syria and and, and sort of the that part of of the Middle East. He was uh, an an Adamean, and I know that means a whole lot, but I looked it up. He's an Adamean. He's he's a descendant of Esau, an Edomite. Those who live down the southern part of, of, of the Holy Land of Palestine, down below the Dead Sea, and then back toward, uh, back toward the west. He, he was, uh, the Adameans, the, the, the Edomites had been conquered about 130 years before this time by John Hierarch. Hyrcanus, one of the, the, the Maccabean revolutions of the Jews, one of their, uh, their leaders, and he had conquered the Edomites. He had brought them under Jewish control, and uh, they, they sort of converted to Judaism. They're not Jews by, uh, by bloodline. They are Jacob or Israel's brother from descendant from, from Esau, so they're distant cousins. But they, 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 he sort of brought them in, and, and, and the Jews were over them for, for a small time until Rome conquered the whole area. The, 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 the Edomites actually submitted to, to many of the Jewish rituals, including circumcision. So, so Herod is one, the Jews will look at him as, as half Jew or even, even less, even worse. Didn't he think he was the king of the Jews? He does. And, and he, he, he is in, in reality. 
at, at, at the moment, the political king of the Jews. He, he was um, appointed first uh, like, like the procurator of, of uh, Edom and of, uh, of, of Palestine. He, uh, he later became um, king uh, that he was, he was voted by the, the Roman Senate. They, they, they voted to give him the kingship of this province. He was appointed, uh, first appointed by, a, you've heard this name, Mark Antony of Antony and Cleopatra fame. That, that Mark Antony, when the, when the Romans conquered all that, even down, into, even down into Egypt, that he appointed Herod as procurator of this, this province of the Roman Empire. And then Herod just pulled strings, usually and a lot of times by murder, that, that he would murder anybody that was opposed to him. And, and at the time of Augustus and the Roman Senate, he was given the title king of, of the Jews. So you've got an outsider, again, that is, that is the king of the Jews. The Jews, since, uh, since the time of, that Babylon took them into captivity, have been under not, not pure Jewish leadership, save for a little bit of uh, a time there in the second century when the, when the Maccabeans were, were in control. So, okay, that was a big rabbit digression into the history of it. But so, so after Jesus is born in Bethlehem, in the days of Herod the king, he is the king of the Jews, these wise men from the east show up. Now think about that. Herod and Jerusalem, the ones living there, they get up one day, normal day. They get up and all of a sudden here comes this caravan this group from the east of these, they're called magi, wise men, and, 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 and they're, all of a sudden they're inquiring, what do they want to know? Where is he who's going to be born king of the Jews? Who's born and he's going to be king of the Jews? No, they phrase it, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Here's like, I'm king of the Jews. I haven't had any sons lately. So, so, so what are they doing? He, he gets nervous very quickly. He, he says, that they say, we saw his star and, and, and we've come to worship him. Herod is the, the, probably his, his least problem, if that's a, the right way to phrase it, uh, a, a lesser of all of his personality and, and character issues was paranoia. He, he was a downright despot, evil to, to the core, uh, but he's, he's, he's very paranoid. And so here you have these, these magi. Magi had this um, reputation, and, it, and it's, it's kind of an ebb and flow during different, different time periods of are they good guys, are they bad guys? Remember, where did we first meet? A wise man or, or, or magis. Okay, wasn't it Walmart? <laughs> think, think back. Okay, in Daniel, when 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 Nebuchadnezzar takes all these 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 youths of royal uh, bloodlines back to to Babylon, 
and he puts them in the, the, the Babylonian university to teach them the literature and wisdom and writings. And, and it says that, that they were the, that taught by the Chaldeans, another word sometimes used to describe the wise men. And then when Nebuchadnezzar had his, his first dream there in, in, in chapter 2 of Daniel, remember it was the dream where um, he, he, he saw this statue with this, you know, gold head and then silver chest and then bronze and then finally bronze mixed with, with clay. And, and in Daniel 2, he, he calls in all of, these, um, all of these wise men. Daniel 2, verse 2, Then the king commanded the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, the Chaldeans, be summoned to tell him his dream. The, the, these were... Uh, Wise men, magi to some degree. The, the, the magi were, were, were priests and wise men from, from uh, we don't know exactly where these came from, Babylonia, uh, the, the Mede, Persian area of the empire, but they come from, from the east. They, they studied the stars. They, they studied sacred writings. Uh, they, were, they were soothsayers. Uh, at times they are charlatans. And Nebuchadnezzar even accused his, those who came in to, to, to advise him of his dreams that you, you just, you're just trying to buy time. You want me to tell you my dreams so, so then you can make something up. You know, and, and Daniel received the, the meaning of the dream, the, the message of the dream and the meating of the dream from, from God and told Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel ele elevated up many scholars. Chuck Swindoll says, you know, they may have actually read some of Daniel's writings. You know, Daniel 9 that says in, in, in 77, in 69 groups of, of seven, and I hope I'm not getting all my numbers mixed up, but that 483 years after, Jewish years after the wall is rebuilt, the Messiah will, will come. The, 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 there's a, a, a big possibility that these Magi knew of that prophecy. They may have even known of, of Balaam's prophecy. Remember the story of Balaam in, in, in Numbers? That, that King Balak, uh, it's, it's in Numbers 23, 24. Uh, you, you, can, you, can, you can read it uh, if, if you wish, but I think I've got a couple of things highlighted. But that, that, that Balak, the king of, of Moab, the, the Israelites are coming up out of Egypt, coming up from the south through Moab. And, and the king of, of, of Moab is worried because they've already, they've already taken down a couple of other cities. This is before they enter into the promised land, but, but, but they've, already, uh, they've already defeated a couple other cities. And so, so Balak, the king, sends for Balaam, who lives on the other side of the river, which is Babylon, the Euphrates River. And he, and he brings in uh, Balaam to, uh, to, to curse Israel so that they might not uh, defeat Moab. And, 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 and God, Balaam seems to speak for the Lord. You remember the, 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 the account of, of Balaam going to meet Balak and Balaam's riding on his donkey. 
and, and, and as he goes and, and the donkey sees the angel of the Lord with the sword standing in the way and the donkey goes off to the side and, and Balak whips the donkey and, 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 and then he, he, he goes and the, and, the, and, the, and the angel is there by the, by the wall and, and three times the donkey, the donkey finally sits down and Balak is, is whooping the donkey with his staff and he says, if I had a sword, I'd kill you. And the donkey says, why would you do that? And Balak doesn't just jump off and run. He starts talking to the donkey. Remember, and the donkey says, Am I, have, have I treated you this way before? And Balaam says, no. I mean, he, he has this conversation. And, and the donkey, God speaking through the donkey, tells Balaam to, uh, to, to not curse Israel, but to bless them. And there, the, the final oracle that, that Balaam a magi, a wise man from the east, the final oracle, he says, the oracle of Balaam, the son of Beor, the oracle of the man whose eye is open, the oracle of, of, of him who hears the words of God and who knows the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the visions of the Almighty falling down with his eyes uncovered. I see him, but not now. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and it shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the, the sons of Sheth. That, that even Balaam, maybe 1,400 years before, and these, these magi, these wise men, these, these seers, astrologers, that, that, that their network, they would study other writings, and that, that Balaam had taught as an oracle of the Lord, that there would be a star appear. More recent than that was Daniel saying in, in this many years that the Messiah will come. It would seem that these Gentile magi are more ready for the Messiah than the Jews. The, these, these pagans are more ready and receptive to the king of kings, the king of the Jews coming than, than, than the Jews. So they show up in, in Jerusalem and they totally just rock Herod's world. That, that he says he's troubled. He's the king, but he's not king by birth. He's not even Jewish by birth. He, he's an Edomite. And it says that he heard it and all Jerusalem is troubled also. So the city finds out. And, and, and Herod was, was so evil, killing two of his sons, his favorite wife. You don't know what he did with his least favorite wife. And, and all these other people to, to, to save his throne. He's troubled. Therefore, logical conclusion is that all of Jerusalem is going to be troubled. Because he goes on and he, and he kills thousands uh, of Jews at, at different occasions. Herod, so, so evil that he is one that, that historians tell us that, that when he was on his deathbed, he said, gather up like 50 or 100 uh, Jewish leaders and hold them until I die and then kill every one of them. That way there'll be sufficient mourning at the time of my death. And now, now they, they did gather him up, but they didn't kill them. They knew he was just a crazy, evil man, but they did that. Uh, Augustus, Caesar Augustus, who knew Herod, helped appoint him, said it's better to be Herod's hog than to be one of his sons. 
because Herod was that evil and had already killed several of his sons. So Herod is troubled. So what does he do? He looks to the Jewish religious leaders. There in verse 4, he assembled the chief priests and the scribes and inquired of them where the Christ would be born. Now the scribes are, we met Ezra, he was a scribe. And the, and the job changed some, but the, the scribes were primarily Pharisees. They were lawyers, interpreters of the law, and the chief priests, the, 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 the many priests, they were Sadducees. So he's got two different religious parties. I don't know if it's fair to say he, he got the Republicans and the Democrats to come, and he's going to question them both. Well, they both give him the same answer. Says they both say he's, the Christ will be born in Bethlehem, so that if you if if you ask two competing parties that they don't agree on anything, other than that they they pretty much hate each other, that and they both give you the same answer, then you can be assured that it is the right answer. So he says, where's the Christ going to be born? They say in Bethlehem, and they even, they even quote scripture because it's, it's, this is what the prophet said. And they quote Micah chapter 5, verse 2, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least of the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So, so they tell him, a ruler's coming. He's going to be born in, in, in Bethlehem. And, and, and Herod believes it. And so he, then he calls the wise men back, says secretly. So get the whole picture. The wise men come in to, uh, to Jerusalem, and, and they begin to inquire of, of Herod, where is he who's born king of the Jews? And, and, and Herod then calls the scribes of, and, the, and, the, and the priests, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and, and asks them, where is the, the Messiah going to be born? Then he goes back to the wise men. So they're, they're not all together. Some even say, well, he, he asked the scribes in one room, went to another meeting room, asked the, asked the priests, and, and, so they, and they gave him the same answer. Then Herod goes back to the wise men, says that he, he secretly summoned them, and then he, he said he ascertained what time the star had appeared. So they're coming from Babylon or, or Persia, about 800 miles away. And we don't know when they left, but it's, it's a good journey. 800 miles, 20 miles an hour. One of the math teachers tell me how, you know, how, how many days, how many, yeah, days is that? It's like 40 days. Or... If we go back and remember when Ezra left uh, Persia, Babylon, and came and went back, it took them four months. You know, they, they were traveling slower. You don't know if these wise men with camels, if they're just, they're going. We don't know that they left right away. They may have said, look at this star appeared. They are stargazers, star studiers looking for signs. It's like, what does that star mean? And they go back and they start looking at some of the records that they have from, from, from Daniel, maybe even Balaam, other, other accounts of this star that's going to appear and, and calculating, you know, Daniel said uh, this many years and Messiah would appear. 
So they may not have left right away. One thing, and this is like, it's really not a spoiler alert because I know you knew this, but, but, I, but I read two or three people and, and, and listened to a couple of preachers. They said, okay, next year when you set up your nativity at Christmas, and, and your nativity scene is here by the tree in the living room. And, you, and you've got the, the manger and Mary and, and Joseph and baby Jesus and, and sheep and shepherds. Then take the wise men and put them at the end of the driveway because they're still way back there. Notice it says they, when, when they found him, they found him in a house. You know, so the wise men weren't at the, at the manger. So... Herod finds out where the king of the Jews is to be born. He, he, he finds out about the time that, that the baby was born. And he sends the wise men, the magi, he says, go and search diligently for the child. When you, and when you have found him, bring me word. So he said, that's kind of another indication that it's, that it's a few months or even a, a year has passed that he says, go and search for him. He's going to be born in, in, in Bethlehem, but it's been a while since he was born, so you may have to search for him. may not be just, just real easy to find. He, he forgot who was guiding the wise men. So they listened to the king, that being Herod. They went, and, and notice the middle of verse 9. Behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them. I think the star comes back up that, that they had gotten to Jerusalem. They, they followed it that far, and then it, the, the, the star faded or, or went away. And now they're starting, they're, they're making that, that six-mile trip from Jerusalem down to Bethlehem, and all of a sudden the star appears again. Now, what was that star? You know, there's, there, there are different views. There's, there's some that say, I mean, this is worse than, now, not worse in a total bad sense, but you remember the, 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 in math, you know, train leaves Chicago going, you know, south and train leaves St. Louis. And when do they, when do they meet? Astronomers can calculate where different stars were by, you know, their paths and trace it all back. And so many would say, well, in, in, in around between 6 and 4 B.C., the Jupiter and Saturn, they were really close together in the constellation Pisces, and, and, and that's what this was. Maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm more inclined to say this was a supernatural star light that God put in the sky, which is minor compared to God becoming man and coming, you know, to earth that God can do anything. So they followed, I think it's a, a supernatural star that, that, that led them to the Christ child. To, day, and day and night. That's a bright star. It's, it's, it's like God's Shekinah glory that led Israel through the, the wilderness as, as they went from Egypt to... Do uh, you think everybody could see that or just the wise men? Ooh. That's a good question. Yeah. It's not... Yeah, nobody else is coming. The shepherds see the star? The shepherds... Yeah, I think the angels alerted the shepherds. I don't know. That's a good question. Jerusalem to Bethlehem, went south, they went east to west. 
event. Yeah. Okay, anybody know, did other people see the stars? It's disappointing. All these years you've been watching the little drummer boy and then you find out. I know. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And we three kings, I mean, it's, yeah. So, so they, they, they go, the star begins to, to lead them, and it, and, and it comes to rest over the place where the child was at the time, not where he was born. Remember, he was born in a stable, in, in, in a manger, but now, okay, verse 10, when they saw the star, they, were, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. okay. Let that sink in and then, then explain to me what it is to rejoice exceedingly with great joy. I mean, you, you can't get any more joyful than you're exceedingly, they're rejoicing exceedingly with great joy. It's happy, happy, happy. I mean, they're just, they're beside themselves. They have found, what have they found? They found this one who prophets had prophesied centuries before Daniel. They, they, these guys are, they're, they may not be, part of their routine may be prohibited in the Bible, in the law of Moses, you know, studying stars and, 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 and trying to predict the future. But, but they also bring in this wide, this other wider spectrum of things that they have studied. They are wise men. They're, they're studied. Do they know what, what Isaiah has written? Do they know what Jeremiah has written? They, I think they really did. I really think they knew what Daniel had prophesied about the coming of the Messiah. And they have found him. It's like, Man, we've heard about this. We've read about this. Heard the stories passed down. It wasn't oral, you know, uh, uh, just just the world then, more oral tradition passing down. And all of a sudden, we're the ones. You know, my granddaddy told me about this. And, and he's been dead for 40 years, but I'm living through it. And we have come 800 plus miles. And here is the baby that has been prophesied. He is going to be born king of the Jews. One... one um, one scholar uh, said that, that, that there were, um, I've got to find it. Okay, Richard Glover, it's that there were dozens of other ancient writings that said a great king would be born. You know, not just not just the Jewish scriptures, but that, that other nations had, you know, this concept. Now, where did they get it? And why did they, and why did they have that? Maybe ultimately all people know that we need a Savior. We need a great king. Was Jesus born just for the Jews? No. The, the promise to Abraham wasn't just for the Jews. You will be a light until to all nations. And so they're, they're exceedingly joyful and, and, and they worship him because we have found him. We made this trip 
And, and all of a sudden, these things that have been promised for thousands of years, are, they, they're true. It's right here in, in, in the person of, of this child. So they enter the house and they find him with Mary, his mother. It says they fell down and worshiped him. You know, do they worship him knowing that he is king of kings and lord of lords, that he is going to die on the cross and, and, and then be resurrected from the dead? Probably not. But, but they certainly paid homage due to, to, a, to a king. And then they brought his, they opened their treasures. They give him gold and frankincense and myrrh. They say that that's why there's supposed to, supposedly three kings, wise men, because of the, there's three gifts. There are probably more than, than three. We, we, Matthew doesn't tell us how many there, there were, but they bring him these kingly gifts of gold, frankincense, and, and myrrh. And then as, as they're preparing to leave, God gives them a dream and says, don't go back to Herod. Don't tell him. And so they go back another way. You know, we'll, we'll see next week Herod's reaction or his, his next reaction and, 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 and that being uh, one of his, his worst uh, acts of his diabolical life when he, when he says that the children of this age will, will be killed. Maybe it was a few months before he realized that, why he said two years. We, we don't know um, exactly when the wise men came and, and the, the Magi came and, and, and visited Jesus. But what do we know? What can we, what can we glean from this? There, there are at least three different responses to Jesus in this passage. So who are the three people that respond? Okay, number one is the, the Magi. They respond. Number two is Herod. He responds. Number three is the Jewish leaders. They respond. I didn't miss any, did I? There are there just three. How do the Magi respond? I mean, it's 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 obvious. They. They go to great sacrifice to, to find this one born king of the Jews. And, and they worship him. They give him gold and frankincense and myrrh. They give him their, their treasure. What about Herod? I mean, he sees this as a threat. This one is born king of the Jews. I, I sort of manipulated my way and bought my way in and killed my way in to being king of the Jews. And, and, and so he is, he is threatened and he's going to do everything in his power to what? To thwart the purpose of God. I mean, does that even make sense? To try to thwart the purpose of God. This is God's plan and me, little Herod, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to mess up his plan. But, but he tries it anyhow. Maybe, maybe worse than that is the response of the Jewish leaders. What is their response? There is no response. I mean, they, 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 don't, they don't have any interest. 
why? Are they are they troubled because well, we, man, if this gets Herod into another one of his bloodletting, bloodthirsty killing sprees, you know, we've got to you know put him down. But but they're the ones that studied the scripture. But but they totally ignore what what had to be obvious that these wise men have come from far away to to find the one born king of the Jews, and you now it's it's all the way down in Bethlehem. That's like six miles. It's going to take me half a day to walk there. I can't go down there. They they just they're what lukewarm. They're they they don't. They don't really care. Maybe they see it as a threat too that, that you know, well, if we go down there to worship him, Herod's going to be angry at us or he's going to come and he's going to establish God's rule and there goes our gig of being able to exploit temple worship and, and, and whatever else. Is it not sort of, the same with people today that, that, that some people reject Christ altogether like Herod and they are opposed to anything done in the name of Jesus. And, and, and others are just, well, okay, you can have it. We'll, we'll take a, gladly take a couple of days off at Christmas where the Christians celebrate his birthday. But other than that, hmm. And then some actually believe what God has proclaimed and announced thousands of years before it ever happened that this is the anointed one, Messiah, who's come to save all people. What did he say last week? To save them from their sins. The biggest need that any of us have is to be saved from our sin, and that is why, why Jesus came. Give me your reaction. When, when you, you know, this is a familiar story. We've known the little drummer boy and we three kings and all of these parts of our, of our Christmas celebration for, for years and years. But, but, but what does it really try to teach us? You know, what do we learn about God? Next week, we're going to have one of those number things. And then so, so you can pull a number and that way nobody, everybody can speak in their turn. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, it's, it's repetition. That, that it's, it's, it's something that maybe we could say every chapter, but one thing that teaches us about God, that it reminds us about God is what? That he is faithful he fulfills all his promises. Can we hear that too often? Once again, he, the, even the Jewish leaders say, the Christ will be born in Judea, Bethlehem of Judea, as the prophet said, that God had, had spoken through the prophet hundreds of years before and said, the, 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 the ruler shall be born in <clears throat> Bethlehem. He shall shepherd my people. And so it reminds us that, once again, that God is faithful to his promises. He, he, he sent his beloved son to save the world. To save the world. 
that because we could not save ourselves, right. that, that it took that, that type of Savior. So it, it, it teaches us that once again about, about God. And maybe it's repetitive, but I think most of the time we need repetitive teaching, you know, to remind me, yes, if God said it, it's going to, to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, how ironic is that? These these Gentiles from far away, they they believed and they they came as soon as they could, and the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, they just they basically ignored it. And didn't didn't wouldn't even make that that trip just a short distance to worship. Right. Very true. even at the expense of being thrown in the lion's den for praying to the God of heaven. I mean, Daniel was in as, as pagan and what, how, how else do you want to describe it? Non-Christian, even though it's, you know, six centuries before Christ came, uh, environment as could be, and yet he was faithful. And look at his impact. I really think Daniel impacted his, his writings had impact on these magi 600 years, at least nearly 600 years later. Who has influenced our lives going that far back? Well, Christ has influenced our lives going that far back if, if we have trusted in Him as our Savior We'll continue this, this account next week, starting in verse 13. Um, more response to the coming of, of Jesus. On the reference to the star, uh-huh. over in Isaiah, where it says, the glory of the Lord shines from Zion, and it says, arise, shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick, and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So it's a supernatural light that, that drew them to the... Right. 
thwarted. Yeah. And do we get overly concerned? Like, oh my goodness, look at it, look at our world, look what's happening. It's like it's the same God is in control. And, and if these things are happening, it's 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 because He's allowing it to happen. And what am I to learn from that? You know, to trust in government, to trust in this, to trust in or to trust in Him. That, that he is going to deliver us. And we might have to walk through fiery ordeals, but that God will deliver us. Because why? He came to save us from our sins, and that's the greatest need that we have. Okay, let's pray, and then we'll, we'll go. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to shepherd his church and to save us from our sins for we could not do that our, ourselves. God, may we be faithful to, to just react and to worship you with exceedingly great joy for what you've done for us, how you came to, to save us while we were yet sinners. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.